Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, coolies. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. And in today's episode, we go over the crazy match that was last night where Barca beat Levante 3-2. It was basically a tale of two halves and just outstanding performance by Pedri, which we'll dive into. But first, just want to give a couple Barca Talk community announcements. First, Barca Talk weekend is 40 days away. So we're all meeting in Barcelona for the May 22nd Real match. If you are in town in Barcelona, would love to meet up. Uh, we're still trying to nail down a bar slash restaurant to meet up on the Saturday night before. Should be a fun time. We're going to get together, have some drinks, and just meet and greet. So uh, more details to come, but it is 40 days away. We're looking forward to that. Now, let's get into the match that was last night. These late Sunday night matches are killing me because it is making it more difficult to book a guest co-host. So I'm riding solo today, but it's fine. I got this under control. Last night's match was a tale of two halves. The first half, I would probably say forgettable. And the second half, what can you say? Five goals, uh, a lot of back and forth. I was, you know, especially in our WhatsApp group, we were, we were on fire of just trying to when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com understand what Barcelona were going to do in the second half. It wasn't until Xavi made the changes of introducing Pedri where the game kind of solidified itself in the midfield, and more importantly, the attack became more fruitful, obviously, with the three goals, but obviously with the more attacking chances, and the game was definitely more attack-minded, especially with the introduction of Pedri solidifying that midfield. 
Barca traveled to Valencia, and Levante has just been playing really well against the heavy hitters. But Barca was able to get a victory here. And more importantly, they just continue this unbeaten streak that is now seven in La Liga, which is crazy. The Chavineta, as they call it here, uh, just riding high in La Liga. And again, they're in second place, putting the pressure on Sevilla with 60 points. They're on top right now. And it's still just, it's unbelievable to think that a couple months ago we were, you know, below seventh place, you know, and we've climbed our way through. And also that also helps with the other teams being inconsistent as well in our way. So Xavi doing an outstanding job of getting this team to focus, play together. And as you saw on the third goal celebration off Luke Young, just the unity of team, right? We talked about this last week about this idea of all the players having a part in this success, which is great. You saw Adama and Luke come in for about 10 minutes and, you know, they were able to get the game-winning goal. Now, Adama wasn't able to participate so much in that play, but obviously just making those changes, right? And you can see the celebration that everyone is, as we like to say here in Spanish, enchufado, plugged in. And so you could just see it. You know, I don't I don't know if you saw the videos with Dembele celebrating with everyone, but it's it's just great to see the unity of the team as Xavi has coordinated this this turnaround. So the main point, especially from the last two matches, is the importance of Pedri to this team. When I was looking up at these stats, I still can't believe Pedri has three La Liga seasons under his belt. It's insane. I, I still can't get over the age and also just what he brings to the table. Now, I know he is one of ours and it's easy to fall in love with his play, but still, I still I still can't get over it. And, and, and it's just so weird because he is the type of midfielder I would have loved to play with, right? Awesome touch, amazing ability to find the, the lanes, to find, you know, to receive it as a striker. I mean, that's the type of midfielder, if you're a striker, you want to play with. He's going to be able to take chances 1v1. And so the defense has to be cognizant of that at all times. But man, Pedri is so, so good. And it's really hard to not put this pressure on him at 19 years old already, you know? I mean, if we're comparing Messi's career at the beginning and when he was 19, he wasn't having this type of participation in the team as much as, as, as Pedri is right now, right? I mean, obviously he was getting chances and games but he's not the full-on starter he's not the most important midfielder uh player on our team right now and we saw that on thursday where pedri didn't start and that to me was a big surprise because to me europa league is more important right now than la liga it's great that we have that winning streak but i think la liga is the opportunity for other players to have opportunities to start but play the strongest 11 for europa league i think to get the Europa League trophy is utterly important for the confidence and the growth of this team going into next season. Plus, it's giving them this challenge to play as many matches in a week. And I think that's really important. Now, I know that they're trying to rest Pedri. I've had conversations with people online about the rest and so forth. But man, I just feel like they've been resting in December and January. This is the time where you have to sprint it out, right, for these last couple weeks. The luck, you know, unfortunately, Xavi wasn't the coach to be able to rotate enough and to really kind of taper this team for this for this run right now. But at the same time, these players are young enough, they're hungry enough, they can play consistent consecutive matches, and they should. 
especially in Europa League. That has to be our, our, our main focus. And then La Liga, especially with Madrid that keeps on winning, right? If Madrid was faltering and there was more of a chance for us to catch them, then I would say, okay, we need to find a little bit more balance. But I definitely think Europa League should be our number one priority. But let's just dive into Pedri. I mean, Pedri comes in, he immediately solidifies the midfield. But I was trying to analyze what's what's he doing that is making the difference. And I think there's a couple things. Obviously, the first thing is he's becoming more confident in shooting. Now he scored his fifth goal. And if this is something that he starts to add into his repertoire, I think this is a blessing because we haven't really had a midfielder at the quality that Pedri is that looked for goals, right? I mean, that is something that is very unique. Now, I'm not saying like Iniesta and Xavi weren't able to score goals, but it wasn't something they looked for because they were always trying to set up everyone. But if Pedri can really make this happen to get into double-digit goals, like 10 or 11, oh my gosh, that makes so much pressure. It'll Well, it, not so much pressure, but it allows the attack to just have more breathing space and options for the attacking third, right? Because all of a sudden, if you have a midfielder who's taking shots outside the box like he did last night with that one-time finish, now all of a sudden, the defense cannot just focus on Aubameyang or Dembele or Ferran Torres, for example. Now, like I said, it was just a brilliant goal from the top of the box. Gavi cuts in, passes it to Pedri. Pedri one-times it, and it was very similar to what he did the other night. Again, the ability that he's having on the edge of the box, finding those angles is just jaw-dropping, right? Especially at his age. I still can't get over his age with that. But again, I also believe, you know, with his chances that he's taking, and also when he's doing 1v1, his ability to beat people off the dribble 1v1, also looking for more direct lanes, I think all these things contribute to how dangerous he can be in attack and also just projecting forward into the future, which I just think is... It's really, really hard not to really get excited about this. I mean... On the trajectory that he's on, he I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. He could potentially just be one of the best midfielders we've ever had, right? M- better than Iniesta, better than Xavi. And that's crazy to think about at this moment. But, man, he the minutes he's playing already, the goals he's scoring, the passing he's doing, the jaw-dropping moments that he has, it's, it's really hard to not put that pressure and to get really excited for Pedri in the future. Again, just some more stats for you. He made 22 successful actions out of 30, and that includes his passing and and complete passing, and that was in 40 minutes because he did come in the second half. And again, as we talked about the pressure, he also does that as well. He also had two defensive duels that he won as well. So he's doing it all, basically. And when he is in the field, he just gives Frankie de Jong more flexibility, and Frankie de Jong plays better. And Busquets doesn't have to concentrate as much because now... Pedri is in there to make those link-up passes and looking for players. I think, you know, obviously he does a little bit better job than Busquets, I think, in the attacking third with those. Again, I put this question on Twitter. If you are starting a team, let's say you have unlimited budget, you can get any player, how many midfielders are you taking before Pedri? I had this exercise with a friend of mine over the weekend or last weekend, and we had a really hard time coming up with midfielders. I mean, who who's there? I mean, if you consider Kevin De Bruyne, okay, great. Uh, tell me. There's not much. Pedri is, is at the top of the list, top three right now, especially the way he's trending and what he can do. There's not many midfielders right now in the world that can do that, and it's just crazy. 
It's it's crazy to think. Now, enough gushing about Pedri. I mean, obviously, he, he had an incredible match, and obviously just it, being able to score the equalizer and just putting the pressure and helping the team get the victory. But we need to talk about a little bit about defense. Now, last night, I think it was Danny Alves' worst match that he played. And again, I think it's a combination of his age and also just the level of competition. You know, teams are picking on him, and you can see that. I would too if I were a younger La Liga player and just seeing Danny Alves, you would probably be licking your chops, you know, because you know Danny Alves just doesn't have the movement like he does. And I really think, you know, obviously with the injury to PK, we need to use Danny Alves in La Liga and utilize him. But also, Chavi needs to find a way to have him not exposed as much because, again, he gave up the penalty on kind of a flimsy foul, just letting Sun go through there, and it was just a bad foul, you know, a bad foul all around. And that's just, you know, defending is so hard at this level, right? The players on attack, it doesn't matter if they play in Spain or against Frankfurt, for example, these players are really talented on attack, and defending them is really difficult. That's why you know, we gush over Rahu because we see the talent that he has as a defender that's really difficult to do. And defending is really difficult, and people just just assume that it's it's an easy thing to do. No one wants to defend. You have to have the ganas to really defend, right? You have to move your feet. You have to look at the belly button. You have to do all these different things. And over 90 minutes, if you put your guard down for one minute, that could be a goal, and that could be the game winner, right? So that's really a lot of pressure on these defenders. But again, I think, as we saw last night, I continue to talk, is, is risk versus reward. You know, if Danny Alves lets him run, does he really get a goal on, on or a shot on target? I mean, that those are the things I look at always when I look at these fouls. Now, to talk more about risk and reward is the long lay penalty. To me, I thought it was so risky. And again, as I say, defending is so hard. And more importantly, shooting around long lay is really difficult as well. And I think, you know, my experience of playing and seeing bigger defenders, you know, the thing I'm trying to do is to try to get some little space to get a shot off. And long lay is so long and so big that it's really difficult to do that. And so why is he clipping at heels? That to me is is annoying. And also, you, you know, it, there's too much of a chance now, especially with attackers trying to dive and get these penalty calls, right? So you cannot just clip at heels. And also just know your spatial awareness. Maybe clip a little bit, but you, you can be risky if you want to, but just don't do it in the box, right? And everyone was getting on Longley's case last night. I mean, I'm not, I'm not there yet because again, as I told you, defending is super difficult. It's really easy to just see the one-to-one relationship of when Longley comes in and how many fouls he gives, right? And again, those are the things he needs to work on because he, at one point, a couple of years ago, he was our outright starter center back, and he was consistent for the most part. It wasn't until recently till he got sloppy and lazy where he's making a lot of fouls and is getting exposed, right? Because he's just not getting the playing time. So again, as I always say, defending is super difficult, but we have to do better. We cannot let these goals or these opportunities go through the box, right? Now, to lead to the next part on defense, I think Ter Stegen has looked definitely much better in the last couple games. We had a talk a couple weeks ago. I talked with Troy about this idea of Ter Stegen getting older, maybe being injured, this type of thing. But I think he's kind of bounced back in the last couple games. He has looked more spry. He's looked more agile. And especially on the save, you know, when he had that 1v1, he just had, he put enough of his body 
to slow the ball down for Eric Garcia to to basically clear it off the line because that could have been a goal right there as well. And again, I think Ter Stegen is definitely showing improvement. Um, obviously, you can't blame him for the penalties. You know, that's obviously uh, going to be a higher <laughs> higher reward for those goals. You know, obviously, I mean, he made the one save, which was great. That's all you could ask for him. I mean, one save out of three. That's that's pretty good. And I think more importantly, Ter Stegen is looking great. And also, what can you say about that dime that he almost had on Ferran Torres where he, he basically just thread uh, a through ball all the way across the other end to Ferran Torres. And unfortunately, Ferran Torres did not make the finish. But again, I just think Ter Stegen's passing has been a lot better, less mistakes. And that's also going to help our defense in the long run, especially next Thursday against Frankfurt in the Camp Nou. So just to finish off with the defense, I mean, I still think that's our weakest point, obviously, when we are pressing high and putting a lot of pressure on, that alleviates that defensive responsibility for us. But when we are not playing at our best and we have to be cognizant of playing really good defense, we still have issues. We still have issues on there. And unfortunately, you know, with PK being injured, we rely a lot on our speed and ability to clip at heels essentially and that is where we really depend on Arahu you know and unfortunately he's going to miss the next match I believe with 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 a card and so those are the things we have to look at so again Arahu right now is even more important especially for this Thursday night match against Frankfurt now let's get into the sexy talk let's get into the attack first half like I said was very forgettable there wasn't really anything I want to really highlight about the attack in the first half but let's talk about the second half. Let's talk about the Aubameyang goal. Dembele now is becoming an assist machine. And it's crazy because he has this connection with Aubameyang. And it's it's funny. I just forgot that they played together at Dortmund. I just feel like Dembele's been at Barcelona for so long, I forgot that he had a prior career at Dortmund. And he has really been able to link up with Aubameyang. And I also think there's something to the way he passes on those assists. If you kind of notice those in-swingers that he does... They're in-swingers, but also they're kind of in a closer range. They're not all the way by the corner stick or the corner flag. And also, he does it very quickly. It's almost like a reactionary cross. And I think when he does that, he catches the defensive on off guard, essentially. And also, our players are able to attack those crosses. But the Aubameyang header, like that is a professional header. And it's like a slam dunk almost type of play where... You know, he was he attacked it. The goalie had no shot. And also the placement of Aubameyang was perfect. And again, this is the yin and the yang of Aubameyang. I think Aubameyang did not have a great overall game last night, but he scored a goal. <laughs> so what do you do? You know, you I know he put a lot of pressure on defense. He helped out on defense. But I feel like he was kind of non-existent for the most part in the buildup of play. And I don't know if this is him hitting the wall right now of playing so many consecutive matches where he hasn't done this in a while with Arsenal. And so this is something to look for. But, I, you know, he's still producing. And so that's really hard to argue, even though we can say that he was almost absent for the whole match. So, again, Aubameyang still is able to clinically finish headers. And that's really something we we desperately need right now, especially when we're doing all this variety of attack with crossing and through balls. The man of the day, Luke. I mean, it's crazy, crazy, crazy to think that Luke de Jong saved the game yet again. And... We have to give credit to Alba. You know, I've been a harsh critic of Alba, but it's basically on his overall play. I cannot argue with his attacking, right? With his assist, his assist. It was his seventh assist. He's assisting like crazy. 
But again, I still get frustrated with his predictable center passing and his lack of grit on defense. But we're going to talk about the positive about his attack with that assist because it was a really nice ball. And more importantly, Luke Young comes in in the second half with like 10 minutes left in the match and he attacks that header or that cross. And you could see the defender was so tired trailing him. And when Luke connected on it, the way he reacted, it was one of those things where you're just like, oh man, if you're defending in the 93rd minute and you see this guy who's fresh and also tall and really good at headers, it's, it just kills you. It just kills you because Luke just flushed headed just perfectly. Really nice header down with the bounce and the goalkeeper had no shot again. So again, Luke comes in with another great goal, comes in, and I just loved his celebration, and more importantly, the team celebration, because again, this is the team coming together, pulling on the rope all together, everyone having a part in this victory, right? And these are just positive vibes, right? When you make your luck, right, when you take these chances, when you are going for goal, it's a numbers game, right? Obviously, we were lucky enough to have Messi with the numbers game didn't matter that much because Messi was so good at converting goals. But now with this team, with Ferran, with Aubameyang, and Dembele, and Adama, and Luke de Jong, and the list goes on and on. These are high-quality players, but they need a lot of chances. And that's fine. We just need to get those chances. So I think this type of match, you know, it's interesting. People are kind of faulting you know, what's going on with this team? This is how the team is going to be. It's going to be a lot of unpredictability, right? But the what I'm really looking forward for the rest of these matches is their ability to just scrape and claw when I need to now, which is something we've been lacking for, for a long time, for a long time, right? Now, we always depended in a situation like last night for Messi to save us, and it's great to see that other players are stepping up throughout the match. So to me, that's always a positive sign. And again, all credit goes to Xavi with this coaching job that he has done and just making sure that the players all know what they have to do. It's just an incredible job, an incredible turnaround. And again, this match on Thursday is huge because I really want Europa League. I want this trophy badly. Like I want it because I think it's going to not only help the team get further confidence for the season going forward, but also it's just something that this young core can really post the experience of playing midweek matches to weekend matches. Now, to close off for this episode, you know, this match on Thursday is huge. It's really huge. Thank God it's at the camp. No, so we have that chance. It's 1-1, so we, you know, we have that ability to get this victory and to move on. Pedri needs to start. We need to put out our strongest 11. And we also need to get a fast start. I think if we cannot score within the first 30 minutes, I think we're going to become a little bit nerves. You know, we're going to have a little bit of nerves there to really, because I know the crowd really wants this team to score in advance. And I think if Frankfurt holds off in the first 30 minutes without allowing a goal, I think that's going to add to the pressure and the nerves of this game. Because, you know, anything can happen in these European nights, as we saw last weekend with Real Madrid beating Chelsea at home 3-1 with Benzema getting a hat-trick. And anything can happen these European nights. It's so difficult. I was watching a clip from Chiringuito the other day where they had the former Real Madrid player Guti, and he was on there. And he just really had a great point. European football is the hardest thing now more than ever. All these teams train, all these teams scout, 
and all these teams are even closer than before. So this idea that we are just Barcelona and we should advance just on name alone is long gone. Now, Frankfurt is not a top-tier Bundesliga team, but at the same time, this is one of the things they're only fighting for. So they have put all their eggs in this basket. They are fighting tooth and nail for this advancement into this tournament, and we have to match that intensity. So I'm really looking forward to the match on Thursday. We are on holiday here for Semana Santa, so I'm off Thursday, Friday. So I will even enjoy the match even further. I might go to a bar and check, you know, relive the old Spanish days before COVID. So I'm really excited about that. And we will see what this team can do on Thursday night. I'm really hoping for like a 2-0 victory. I want a comfortable victory. I think where we're playing at the Camp No with the pitch, obviously the, you know, the team had a lot of complaints last weekend and Frankfurt with that pitch. I just think obviously with the Camp No, the way we're playing, I think we're going to put utter importance in this match. And I think Chavi will have the boys ready to go. So that match is Thursday night here at nine o'clock local time. So that's all I have. Those are my my kind of concrete thoughts from last night's match. Again, just like this match was a tale of two halves, this season has really become a tale of two halves. And, and I'm, I'm all for it, right? I love the way the team is playing. I think the team is still growing. I think the team is still figuring things out. But at the same time, I mean, you cannot argue with these results. Seven games unbeaten in La Liga, which is crazy. And... Just the way we're able to survive in advance lately, I'm really excited for that mentality. So uh, this week, we will not have a Barca Talk Cafe because I will be on holiday, but I will have another episode after the Monday night game next week against Cadiz. So thanks for listening. Forza Barca. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.